to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of SC Jamaica and Secretary of State for the Home Department. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 15. And this immigration case concerns when it is appropriate to deport someone and what requirements have to be met. SC is a Jamaican national now in their early 30s, but he came to the UK at about the age of 10 and has lived here in the UK ever since. His mother is a lesbian who was unfortunately persecuted by gang members in Jamaica. In fact, both SC and his mother have suffered violence, harassment and assault in Jamaica because of his mother's sexual orientation. On this basis, both mother and son were granted indefinite leave to remain in the UK as refugees in 2003. However, the story takes a turn at this point because between 2005 and 2012, SC committed a number of criminal offences. And in 2012, he was actually convicted of assault occasioning actual bodily harm and received a sentence of two years in a young offender's institution. This meant that SC is also technically a foreign criminal who qualifies for automatic deportation under the UK Borders Act 2007. Of course, the problem here is that there is still a real risk that if SC returns to Jamaica, then he could be subject to inhuman or degrading treatment in contravention of Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights. The interesting part of this case is that it was decided that there would only be a risk to SC in the urban parts of Jamaica, and if he remained in rural areas, there would be far less of a risk. As such, the deportation by the Home Secretary would be unlawful, unless SC can reasonably be expected to stay in the rural parts of Jamaica, and stay away from urban towns and cities. This is known as internal deportation. The first tier tribunal held that it was just not reasonable to expect SC to stay in the rural parts of the country, and so the deportation order was overturned. That decision was upheld in the upper tribunal, but the Court of Appeal decided to remit the case for a fresh hearing. Before that could happen, SC launched an appeal to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. There were four issues for the justices to deal with, and so we will go through each of them in turn. The first question asked was whether the fact that SC is a criminal should be held against him in the sense of making him stay in the rural areas of Jamaica as a sort of form of punishment. In response to this, the Supreme Court held that while internal relocation does take into account a variety of factors, that should not include a judgment of what the individual is due as a criminal. The second issue was whether or not the judge at the first tier tribunal had erred by holding that SC could not be reasonably expected to stay in the rural areas of Jamaica. However, the justices found that this was not a mistake. It was a reasonable conclusion to draw, following on from the medical evidence that SC would need long-term psychological care. Furthermore, SC has no personal or family connections in Jamaica, and only has a broad familiarity with the capital city Kingston. The third point also looked at the decision of the first-tier tribunal judge, but this time focused on the law. In particular, the Supreme Court was asked whether the judge had made an error when looking at section 117c, subsection 4, paragraphs b and c of the Nationality, Immigration and Asylum Act 2003, 
as well as paragraph 399a, subparagraphs b and c of the immigration rules, to the extent that they found that SC is socially and culturally integrated in the UK, and that there would therefore be very significant obstacles to his integration in Jamaica. The justices once again found that there was no error here, because such an assessment is based on the facts, and, as just discussed, the judge clearly examined the difficulties that SC would face integrating into Jamaica. Finally, the decision by the first-tier tribunal judge to embark on a freestanding assessment of Article 8 of the European Convention on Human Rights was called into question, as it was argued that she applied the wrong test and did not give sufficient weight to the public interest when it came to SC's deportation. However, this was dismissed, and it was held that the first-tier tribunal's approach was appropriate in the circumstances of this case. Now, all of this makes me think of the recent debacle around the Home Office's plans to deport asylum seekers to Rwanda. Of course, there are a lot of differences. The asylum seekers coming to the UK have generally not committed criminal offences here, and rather than being returned to their own country, most of them could probably not even point to Rwanda on a map. Nevertheless, it is useful to remember that the UK does deport migrants on a regular basis, and that the flight to Rwanda was merely an extreme version of a wider Home Office policy goal. If the Rwanda plan is immoral, as senior members of the clergy alleged, then I'm not quite convinced that our approach to other migrants is really that much better. On the one hand, it is true that SC committed criminal offences, but is sending him to Jamaica the right thing to do? He hasn't lived there since about the age of 10, so it might as well be a foreign country. He is at risk of being attacked if he does move back, and he needs long-term psychological assistance. With that in mind, sending him to Jamaica just seems cruel. Of course, it is true that, as we have seen in this case, SC's appeal was successful, and he won't be deported. But the case had to go all the way to the Supreme Court before this could be confirmed, and the ruling in this case says nothing about the original decision by the Home Office to do this. If you listen to this and just think that I sound like a bleeding-heart liberal, then that's totally fine. It's, it's just my opinion, and what I've been talking about is ultimately a political decision. It's not me who has to face the electorate. Having said that, I think it is an embarrassment that our criminal justice system is not set up in a way to discipline these individuals, and help them reintegrate back into British society. Instead, we immediately give up on them and try to send them off to some other part of the globe where they become someone else's problem. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast episode and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. As always, if you would like to support the podcast, then the best way that you can do that is to subscribe to my email newsletter. There is a free option where you receive a free ebook on answering problem questions on a law degree, and you get a couple of emails from me each week, one at the start of the week promoting the podcast and also discussing some other topic that has been in the news, and one at the end of the week where we give a summary of the top legal stories from the week. On the other hand, if you are able to do so, then there is also a paid option for supporting the podcast, and it's the same newsletter, but you get extra content from me each week, including an ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree, and more email newsletters from me throughout the week between those two free editions. So if you are interested, then it's uklawweekly.substack.com, and you can find me there, or on Twitter, and at Marcus Cleaver. I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, 
Bye.